Welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. I'm Steve Buchanan with my co-host Julian Edlow. A little, little different backdrop for Julian. Big, big, big storm came through the Northeast here. We I've all been, were affected. I've been cyclone bombed. Yes, but we both have. Yeah, my, my entire fence is basically down. Uh, power has been out everywhere. Internet gone for most people. Julian, it's weird. Had a, it looks like you looks like you have power and internet. I am good now. I'm good now. I I I, I pay my bills. Julian had a hitchhike into the office today. He thumbed his way in. It, it was unbelievable. Came in with a couple of bruises. I guess that was the price to pay for thumbing in. But the yep. show must go on. The show must go on. You still have to do this podcast, and we will. No guests this week because, you know, we just could How, how do you communicate with no internet or no cell phone? You can't get I tried to send. I tried to send some smoke signals to some of our favorite past guests, but Correct. they did not reach in time. We sent some mail, you know, snail mail. They'll get there on Saturday. Ask them to be on the show for for this week. We'll be already passed. But we're going to still dish out some NFL talk, a little NBA talk. World Series is still going on. And we've got a couple of giveaways we're going to talk about as well. Um, and an exciting uh, uh, thing we're doing next week as well. So lots to get to. So let's stop wasting time, okay? Let's just quickly touch on this, this Thursday night game. Packers at Cardinals. Cardinals undefeated. Um, Devontae Adams, right before we recorded this, as we were doing this Thursday afternoon, officially ruled out tonight. So they'll be down the man who is, you know, aver- you know, collecting about 40% of the total targets on the Packers. They won't have him, um, likely won't have Alan Lazard either. So there's, you know, almost 50% of the total targets on that team out this week. And, and, and you know, I was on the sweat earlier today, the, the DraftKings show, the sweat on 11, 11 a.m. Eastern. I was not because I was hitchhiking. Right. Everson drove right past me. Watch me there with my thumb up and just drove right past. Did one of those pretended not to see me. Right. Yeah. Yep. Totally. I, I would have done the same. But but Jeff Elric was sitting there trying to tell me that the, the Packers are just going to run the ball all over the Cardinals and that's how they're going to win. That, that 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 doesn't make any sense to me. The Cardinals have actually <laughs> faced one of the least amount of carries by opposing teams. And you know why, Julian? It's pretty obvious because they're always ahead. So teams are have to have to throw the ball to catch up to them. Jeff just thinks they're going to, you know, deviate from the norms. Oh, they're just going to run the ball in this game. That's how they're going to beat the Cardinals. Like that, that's not going to happen at all. Like, can you give me a reason why you're not taking Cardinals minus six in this game? I believe it or not, I'm getting closer and closer to the opinion of one Jeff Ulrich. Oh my goodness. Um, th- so you're right. The, the numbers do say that people aren't running on the Cardinals and that's because the Cardinals are obviously winning. I bet on the Browns against the Cardinals and that one got out of control quick, quick, but <clears throat> Baker Mayfield was playing with the torn labrum, Nick Chubb, the guy that you would use to, to run the ball in that game out Kareem hunt injured in game changes things a lot. I just think that was the perfect mess. Now, obviously you've got a road team without its best second best player, we'll call it, behind Aaron Rodgers. you got a road team without its second best player on a short week. Not great, but throw out the dud from the Packers in week one, and you you have an equally as hot team, a team that's won and covered six in a row coming into this game. Um, The Packers last year won both games they played without Devontae Adams, one of those games without Alan Lazard, who's also out for this one. Um. I just think if the Packers can get going on the ground early with Aaron Jones and and Dylan, they're going to have a, a puncher's chance. And I think that Rodgers will find other guys to throw to. They can put Dylan in the backfield and Jones in the slot and yep. find ways to throw the ball like that. Robert Tunyon, if we're getting into player props, and we will get into player props here, you have to get into player props with Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard out right. in this game. 
Um, Tunyon's got to look at. I just think the Packers are going to – I don't know if I'm going to take him on the money line, but, you know, this is sitting at six, six and a half. If, if I can get a Packers plus seven somehow, I'm in on Packers plus seven. So um, when DraftKings Sportsbook sent out the splits for tonight, it was at six and a half. As we're recording, yep. it's currently at six. But with that said, 62% of the bets are on the Cardinals, but the handle is split evenly, 50-50 apiece. So some sharp money on the yep. uh, on the Packers there, a plus 220, which, you know, that uh, don't get me wrong, it's an enticing number to get the Packers, you know, as you mentioned too, a, a fairly hot team coming in here at plus 220. There is that, but I just like, I, I really just don't feel right backing them in, in this spot because they're losing two of their best weapons. Now, everything you said about them running the ball, that does work out well. Then that there, that is the formula to be the Cardinals for sure. If they can run the ball, if they can keep it on the ground. If they can keep Calamari off the field, who have been one of the faster paced teams in the league, there's that there. But I just, I, maybe, maybe I'm just, you know, being a little biased here, but like, I just can't get over how good the Cardinals have looked week in and week out. DeAndre Hopkins, who's questionable, should be playing in this game, barring any pregame setbacks that was also released as well. I don't know, man. It's just I'm really having a hard time trying to formulate how the Packers are going to to win this game. Um, Yeah, they might not win. I I just think they'll be competitive. So, again, if this gets back to six and a half, you can give me like a Green Bay plus seven, minus 120, that type of bet. now I'm now I'm interested and I'm looking for I'm looking we'll go over to the props now I guess do you have any take on the total no I it sounds like you it sounds like you more so want to use Arizona as a teaser leg or one leg of a two leg money line parlay I absolutely yeah I mean you get that that beautiful six number you know what I mean you just need the Cardinals to win if you're going to use them as a teaser especially getting them at six right now if you get you know it really doesn't make a difference either way but getting them at that magical six number um. If you want to talk about props, though, real quick, there's two that I, I like immediately, and it's, and it's uh, for any time touchdown score. Uh, I Zach see three Ertz, that I like there already. <laughs> so, so Zach Ertz, first and foremost, at plus 175. I believe, actually, the DraftKings Sportsbook is running a promotion on Zach Ertz to score a touchdown, or is it just a maybe, – uh, maybe I misspoke there. Maybe they're not running Zach, one. They, they bet. Bet Zach Ertz to score a TD with his new team on Thursday night football. It doesn't um, go in anything though, but e- either way it's, it's plus plus one seventy five for Zach Ertz as an anytime touchdown score. But then you got um, Rob Batonian <laughs> at two twenty five to score an anytime touchdown. That that's a good number for him because it, he really is a touchdown or nothing guy, but he should be getting a lot of the, of the looks here in this one, as long as, uh, as well as Randall Cobb. Both at plus two twenty five. Now, if everybody was healthy, probably wouldn't be looking at these. But for both guys who are most likely getting a lot of the looks here, those are pretty good numbers for an anytime touchdown. Yeah, I'm not focusing as much on the Arizona side. I don't mind Ertz. It's a decent matchup. They do have, you know, AJ Green's been better than expected. Expected coming back from the dead. Hopkins sounds like he's in Christian Kirk more like they have a deep enough receiving core that I don't feel like I need to chase some plus money on Ertz. Yeah. Robert Tunyon's obvious plus 225. That's a great, great price on Tunyon with Adams out because Tunyon's going to be the guy that, that Aaron Rodgers looks to in that spot. So that's my favorite bet for touchdown scores. And then the green Bay running backs, like 
Aaron Jones, whether it comes receiving or rushing, minus 120, I'm, I'm convinced he's going to find his way in there. You can even consider him at plus 400 for two-plus touchdowns in this game. Um, now, if you want to go a different direction bet and not bet Aaron Jones multi, you can go both running backs or just the other running back, which is A.J. Dillon at plus 275 to score. Like I said, they're going to have to run the ball to win this game. That means splitting up the carries. It's a short week. Um, I should look how much work did Aaron Jones get last week against Washington? Let me bring that up. I want to see how many, how many touches Aaron Jones got just a few days earlier, but if it's a lot, that could mean more work for, um, for AJ Dillon in this game. And then, like I said, Dillon is going to have to potentially play more of a role in the backfield if Aaron Jones lines up more as a receiver, which certainly, could be the case. And uh, let's see, Dylan, only three carries and one reception on Sunday. So he is fresh. Yep. Whereas you have Aaron Jones. Oh, wow. They did not run the ball six attempts, but he did yeah, have five receptions. Much, no. So 11 touches. So J- Jones should be fresh. That, that narrative doesn't quite work as much, but more so Jones lining up. You see, he had five receptions lining up for more receptions and, and Dylan out of the backfield. So those yeah. were the touchdown scores that jumped out to me. Um, <clears throat> now let's go into these wide receiver running back props and see what we have for the Green Bay side. Let's see. So Jones is 62 and a half rushing. Dylan, 33 and a half rushing. Um, receiving yards is really what's going to interest me. Aaron Jones, 44 and a half receiving. Dylan, nine and a half. Um, Tunyon. 38 and a half yards receiving. That's low. like that. That's low. Yeah, that's that that's a that's a pretty enticing number right there. I think I would definitely be looking to take uh the over on that one. Like we said, you know, Tunyon Mike most likely going to be a very popular option for Aaron Jones to be looking at uh in this game without Devonte Adams. You look at what the uh Cardinals have given up to opposing tight ends. They haven't been bad um by any means. Uh, but, you know, again, with the situation given here, he's likely going to be relied upon here. The Cardinals have actually been one of the best teams against opposing tight ends so far this season. We haven't seen a tight end get more than five catch or a team uh, team's tight ends get more than five catches in a game. They've done that twice th- already. This It's going to be different. It's got to be different this week, though, just given right. exactly. the lack of weapons. Um, and real quick, Robert Tunyon's been boomer bust five games with 10 or fewer yards. Wow. So that maybe yeah. gets us a little value here. The two other games, three receptions for 52 yards and a touchdown against Detroit. And then on Sunday, four receptions for 63 yards and a touchdown against Washington. Um, I see him having closer to one of those games in which he went well over the 38 and a half yards and scored a touchdown. So it seems like our consensus prop, if we're seeing what both of us like, over 38 and a half yards and a plus 225 touchdown for Robert Tunney. Um, I just want to throw this out here too, because um, I, I got to tell you, you got to look at these things the player parlays that the DraftKings Sportsbook has um, mm-hmm. that it's, uh, it's pretty interesting here. So they have, it just says Kyla Murray, a hundred plus rushing yards at 25 to one. That just seems absurdly okay. high. And um, you know, obviously we haven't, that's not something that we, you, you would be banking on here, but um, we just saw last week, Washington Heineke 10 carries for 95 yards last week for him. So right at that mark, 
Uh, the Packers have been a, a pretty generous team to allowing opposing uh, quarterbacks to run on them at an average of 7.2 yards per carry. It's actually the highest in the league right now. So if you're looking to maybe just do a little sprinkle on something, I don't hate that. They also have 350 plus passing yards and 50 plus rushing yards. It's also a 25 to one, but just some of these really, you know, long shot things that you can uh, take on here. They got a ton for, um, you know, just receivers and everything. Just something to look at too. If you're looking to sweat something uh, with some really big odds here, that's not really technically a same game parlay. So just wanted to point that out there. Uh, yeah. Any closing thoughts before we move on to the, uh, the big board here for week eight. Um, I think the passing yard, rushing yard combo makes a little more sense to me. I don't know about career games for Kyler Murray, how many hundred he has or if he has, but his season has 39. And I know he's a little dinged up. So last three weeks combined, 17 total rushing yards. So I think they're trying to protect him a little bit if they can from running it. So in theory, I like it a good matchup for a running quarterback. But I think Arizona, Arizona would rather lose this game than let Kyler Murray get hurt because they have some cushion now at seven and oh, so. I just don't know if they're going to give him that much work running, running the ball. All right, let's shift over to Sunday, the main slate here. Uh, once again, this week, we have three teams <clears throat> that are favored by at least 10 points on the spread. Those teams being the Bengals at Jets, minus 10 and a half there. Uh, the Buffalo Bills hosting the Dolphins, minus 13 and a half for that one. And then the biggest on the slate, once again, one of the teams who did not cover the double-digit spread last week, the Rams getting 14 and a half on the road against the Houston Texans. Uh, the story for me here is the Bengals. That number continues to uh, go up. It's actually gone down a bit. This actually touched 11 and a half as recent as yesterday, which was Wednesday. As I mentioned, we're recording this on Thursday. I don't know, man. I look at that 10 and a half and I feel like, yeah, probably still for the Bengals. I mean, I, you know, it's no secret that I've been high on the Bengals almost all season long. Uh, they continue to defy the odds. They had that unbelievable win last week as underdogs against the Ravens, beating them at home. There's just, there's a lot to like about this team right now. Minus 10 and a half, big spread. I still feel like I want to, I, I want to uh, take them at this point. Yeah. So really quick, the, while we're recording, the Packers did go back up to six and a half. So I think that's pretty much where it's going to be by the time yeah. you listen to this, by the time this game kicks off. So like plus seven is going to be in play. Um but going to the – so, like, now Packers plus seven is becoming one of my favorite plays of the week because I don't like that much this week. Um, and we talked about that earlier in the week. Right. So – but like you said, going to that specific game, Bengals and Jets. Uh, yeah, it's Bengals or pass for me. Right. Um, it's not at a number where you can tease it anymore, really. It would have to be at eight and a half, really, to have teaser appeal. So, for me – I don't think this is going to be a teaser weekend, but if you want, like this might be the week where you can get away with a heavy favorite money line parlay. These teams haven't been losing. Like if you want to go back and I looked back earlier this week at like the biggest upsets in the NFL, it's like the Titans as six point dogs over the bills on Monday night football. But that's a, you know, an ups, a six point upset, but that's a good team beating a better team. Um, the Titans are good. They're going to be in the playoffs. They just beat the Chiefs. Um, it's, God, what other ones? It's the Bengals, six-point dogs, beating the Ravens, who, yep. yeah, the Bengals in brand name, like, that's why they're that big of a dog in that game. But now we're realizing the Bengals might be legit. 
Um, right. So that's another good team beating a good team. Like the only upset we've had where a bad team has beat a good team. We both know it. We both lost money on it. The Jets in <laughs> overtime over the Titans. I went back and looked at the whole season. Um, maybe week one, you can say the Steelers beating the Bills as six and a half point dogs is another badish team beating a good team. But like these doormats aren't really winning games other than the Jets win over the Titans. The Dolphins beat the Patriots on a, and needed a fumble at the end to, to do so. Uh, the Texans beat the Jaguars, who also stink. Yep. Um, so, like, I'm just that confident that you can take Bengals' money line, Bills' money line, Rams' money line, huge prices that Johnny Avello on odds are with Johnny Avello would tell you he wants betters throwing into their parlays because – Generally, one leg's going to trip up. But if you take the Bengals, Bills, and Rams as we record, and the price has gone down over the week, I said to do this earlier in the week, but if you do it now, those three together in a money line parlay gets you to minus 222. I'm not suggesting yep. you lay the minus 220 here. I'm suggesting you take those three, I'm going to call them free squares, and we pick what the other one's going to be. Me, I, you know, I don't have many college football takes this, this week. Um, I'll give some trends on Clemson soon, but Georgia is a beast. And that game is in Jacksonville against Florida, 14 point favorite. Georgia's not going to lose. You throw them in there. Now you're looking at around a minus 120 standard juice type of parlay teaser. Now it's four outcomes instead of two. We like two for the outcomes for the teasers. But these are such big favorites that, like, I'm really not worried about those three double digit NFL teams winning. It, I would be, you know, last week. If Washington blew my teaser by beating Green Bay, I, you know, I wouldn't have been shocked. I would have just said, yeah. oh, like I got tripped up there. If any one of these legs loses, I would be shocked. So I think this is one of those square weeks where we don't have teaser legs, but we do. You can make more outcomes in a money line parlay um, that I really think is going to going to find its way to to cash it. You put Georgia in that parlay there with the other three. They're at minus 630. That brings you down to minus 147 for the four-leg um, parlay there. So it's still, right. yeah. Maybe it's... you need to find a smaller favorite than Georgia, but we'll we'll find one. Stay tuned on Twitter. We'll we'll get there. What about I don't mind like the Bucks are gonna win. The Bucks are minus 250. That gets you to plus 103. I don't know if I'm gonna make it with the Bucks because if I'm going Though how safe those other three pieces are, I want to make sure I get it in with another really safe piece. But so we're, 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 we're talking about safe, and you know, these are I would all agree that they are safe. Who is the team that breaks it though? What's that one team that you would have maybe they'll the, the worry about a bit? Um, I'm not worried about, I don't even know the quarterback's name, I'm not worried about the Jets. Somehow yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals have become a lock to win a road game. Um, so they're the, they have the shortest spread, but I'm the least worried about them losing. Yeah. So that like, now you have to decide maybe is it the bills in the tougher division game? And we saw them slip up to the Steelers. That's what or I was thinking. The, or is it the Rams because they're on the road? But like, I saw your tweet, half of the, half of the, um, half of the games for Houston this year, they've scored single digit points and now they're going to face the Rams defense and beat them at home. Right. I guess if I had to pick one to lose, I'm going to say 
an AFC East game gets messy. Brian Flores, at least a good coach with a decent defense, beats the Bills. But I, if I'm if I'm trying to grasp at straws for the Dolphins to beat the Bills, that's why yeah. I'm saying these three pieces are so so safe. Yeah, no, I, I agree to you. Like my answer would have been the Bills as well in the uh, in the divisional matchup. Uh, at home because of you know we have seen them kind of slip up already this season so there that is certainly in play um i would say that the money line notice be... notice who we didn't reach for here for the, for the, the money line parlay we did not add. for the money line parlay yeah patriots no patriots are a dog in monday night football oh, oh, oh i'm sorry i'm sorry uh the bucks Monday night football, Chiefs host Giants. Oh, Spreads God. nine and a half. Chiefs yeah, minus no. 425 on the money line. We mm. didn't add them. No, I would not want to be adding if them. If you did all. add them, it gets you to minus 127, just to let you know. But no way. Nope. Can't do it. Can't do it. Could you imagine getting through all Sunday with all three of those hitting and they're going to rely upon the Chiefs, even against the Giants? No, no I thanks. think that they're going, I, I think that the Chiefs are going to win at home. No, they time. should win. They also, you know, shouldn't have gotten shut out through the first half against the Titans last week either. The, I agree. The total I took the team total over because I didn't want to bet the spread. Yeah. I took the team total over because I didn't want to bet. It doesn't matter. Both of them lost by a million, whichever way right. you wanted to bet it. But Hey, let me ask you about this one, too, because, um, you know, again, we were talking about this on the show earlier this afternoon. If there's one team I still really can't, like, put an identity on, it's probably the Colts, who are minus one and a half favorites going against the Titans. I can't figure this team out. Like I can't give them like a, a strong identity. Like I can say a lot of things about, you know, probably 30 of the 32 teams in the NFL right now. The Colts is one of the teams that I just, I can't figure out. So I look at the plus one and a half for the Titans and I go, Oh, that's kind of, I feel like maybe that's some decent value, even though they're on the road against Indy and you know, the Colts should be able to pass against this Titans team because every team should, and I don't take how the Chiefs weren't able to do that as a, there's no weight to that for me at all. Like, because the Chiefs have just looked bad all season long. So I don't take a, a good performance by the secondary of the Titans from last week as a reason why I should not like the Colts. Like, it, to me, that says more about how bad the Chiefs have been than how good that, you know, or how much better that secondary played last week. But I look at the underdog Titans and I'm like, I kind of, I think I want to roll with that, especially like, could that end up being like my other teaser piece this week if I do it with the Cardinals? Because then you're talking about getting the Titans up to seven and a half against the Colts. Like that might be the other piece on a week that's really kind of void of strong teaser pieces. Like I th- I'm kind of thinking that's my second leg. Yeah, I generally like to do that with like a home dog of that number. Um <clears throat> but there's not much. I mean, there's not much there. You can tease the Bears up to ten, hosting the no. Niners if you want. Nope. Um, but I guess what I guess what we're saying here is if, if 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 the books are really saying that this is a coin flip, the Titans have the better team. Yeah, agree. The Titans have the better team. Um, the only thing is, this is a must-win game for the Colts at home. Uh, they lost the one in Tennessee. They were dinged up losing games to start the season. They're getting through the tough stretch of their season. If they're going to turn it around, it's here against the Titans. If the Titans win this game, they um they, they would need to come completely undone to lose the division, especially after, you know, both teams got upset wins as about four-point dogs last right. week. So the Colts responded well to the Titans beating the Chiefs. If, if the Colts lost that Sunday night game, they would be in real trouble. I, I, I lean to the Colts at home. I don't hate teasing 
Tennessee up to seven and a half, but I usually like just something I feel stronger about than that. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm afraid the Colts are going to win this game. They've been looking better and better. I think they can do some things to bother Tennessee. Um, but like we talked about on, on the last podcast, I don't need to bet on this game to have huge rooting interest in Tennessee, who I have to make the playoffs to win the division. And I have the Colts to miss the playoffs. So right. go Titans. <laughs> I don't need to bet on the game. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And you, you did mention that last week too, but yeah, I think I'm going to end up using the Titans as, as my, my teaser like here with the, with the Cardinals tonight, uh, just getting the Cardinals to win. And then basically you're getting uh, the Titans over a possession um, to cover. I do like that one a lot as well. What else is kind of um, sticking out at you on this board this week? We said, this is not, um, you know, we were complaining about last week. I think I would take last week, 10 times over 10 over this week's board. Like, so maybe yeah. we shouldn't complain about boards anymore. No, really, because that, um, you know, I wish I'd played heavier on the Patriots Packers teaser because it's easy to say looking back when they both win and cover, but like those were two strong spots that kind of took a while over the course of the week to come together and get the right numbers. Um, and it was a stronger spot that I gave credit for. And we don't have a spot like that this week. So, you know, for me, it's going to be putting the favorites together on the money line and finding something like Georgia to put it, put it together with, um, I will say, you know, the rest of the board I'm looking at is just gross, dirty home dogs. The other, well, okay. Tampa is a team that I think uh, the Saints will be the sharp side maybe in this game. Yeah. Good defense that can bother Brady in the dome. I don't think the, uh, you know, I don't think the Bucs are going to lose though, especially after losing two embarrassing uh, regular season games to them last year. They got revenge in the playoffs. I think the Bucs are going to win. That's another takeaway i have it's already grown a point from four and a half to five and a half over the course of the week other so than that just, I'm, I'm, so real quick i just want to interrupt you real quick so you said ahead. the sharp side could end up being the saints 94 percent of the handle 92 percent of the bets are on bucks minus five and a half right yeah i just think that i think that the bucks will be the public bet throughout the week you get that better number now you're looking at like six six and a half if it gets there then tampa becomes a teaser leg for some people Yep. Then, then the professionals come in at six and a half, six and take the home dog there. And I will say, I'm not going to bet the Saints is a home dog, but I like some home, some dirty, disgusting home dogs this week. None of which I may end up betting. I might bet none of them. Yeah. The Eagles are pathetic. The Lions <laughs> at least try and have that, like they do not give a flying fudge. They come out and just fake punt, fake onside kick, everything in the Rams. Now, I know that's a revenge game for golf, but, like, they're at home against the Eagles, and I I want the Lions to lose, but, like, plus three and a half. I don't mind the Lions. These are not bets. These are things I don't mind. The Bears, the Niners have had a horrible showing. Garoppolo stinks. Mac out, I hate. So, I don't think that's why I don't think I'll get there on. But the Bears plus four at home have some appeal to me. Um. And then finally, Sunday night football, Cowboys just keep riding high. Vikings have to overcome that bad start. You're getting home dog Vikings on Sunday night football. I think they have a good shot in that one. Yeah. But that, I mean, so I, we've done this whole segment. I have not given out one firm NFL bet. I have teams that I like for a money line parlay. I have disgusting home dogs that I lean towards. Um, we'll see what happens in the player prop market, but, uh, yeah, NFL is going to be putting – I'm just going to maybe have one bet and just root for the chalk massive favorites. 
And I would say too, and I think a lot of people struggle with this too, um, but this is just a totally honest assessment. Like this is a gross week, you know, like, and it's okay to kind of conserve your bankroll for better weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to throw in your normal units on this week just because football is on. Like if there was a week so far that we've seen through the first eight weeks of the season where I was like, you know, I might be sitting this one out. This would definitely be the week. And I know we kind of were poo-pooing on last week. <clears throat> this ain't it. This ain't it right now. Um, and yeah, if, if you want to, like, if your convention conviction is you might just stick with one bet and ride with that, like, that is okay. And I, I think I'm going to be wish, doing a lot. I of wish that I'd done that last week. I wish I'd done that yeah. last week with Patrick's, Packers Patriots. I added like a small play on Chiefs team total. Didn't get there. Um, added a Miles Sanders rushing prop. He was doing great. Gets carted off. Doesn't get there. Like, <laughs> right. don't do the late ads. So, right. Like, the, the, I finally backed Miles Sanders and he gets carted off. I know. Yeah. I was, yes. I was, and he was doing very well. He, had he like was doing very well. 30 yards. He got halfway there in the first quarter. Um, anyway, speaking of, you just gave us a little bit of a transition to something we want to promote. If it's not the best betting week and we're going to make one or two NFL plays, but you want to sweat out the games, play DFS. And if you're going to play DFS, guess what? Me and Steve are giving away 50 combined, 25 each free tickets to the DraftKings Millionaire Maker on Sunday, October Mm. 31st. Happy Halloween. Um, nice. So what you want to do. Of course, you want to follow the Unreasonable Odds podcast at Unreasonable Odd. Check out the two co-hosts at Julian Edlow at SBKNN24. On our Twitters right now, we are running a giveaway for Millionaire Maker tickets. This one does not run till Sunday like some of our previous giveaways. We're selecting winners Friday afternoon. So you want to listen to this podcast on Thursday night, Friday morning. Go retweet and respond to us with your DraftKings uh, username. You have to be following us. And... Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna slap together fifty total winners for free millionaire maker tickets on Friday. So there you go. Get into the Millie Maker for free, and there's a way to sweat this week without having to bet games you don't like. Um, so you just gave such a great speech, and you talk so much. This is a good opportunity for you to do college football. Well, <clears throat> I kind of tipped. I, I showed my hand a little bit with like Georgia maybe being a team that goes into that. Um, money line parlay i don't want to get more than four results once you start getting to five leggers like that's a lot and i tweeted it out earlier in the week and said who loses it those results with ohio state as the other one that gets it up over even money um but i want to keep that parlay to four results um some spots i'm looking michigan keeps shrinking and shrinking down noon game number six I didn't, who thought this game was gonna be so big number six michigan on the road at number eight michigan state Spread was spread's been moving down all week. Now I'm seeing Michigan minus four at minus one Oh five. Will we get three and a half? We'll get three. I'm waiting. Michigan's a team. I'm probably going to be on more info on Twitter, more info, maybe in the college football best bets article. If I get to it this week, I'm running behind on all my writing because I have not had power for over half the week. So you'll get what you get. Um, Michigan noon game at Michigan state, uh, strong, strong lean there. Iowa getting the three and a half at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's just been so stinky all year. They're getting a little better. I would have a lean to Iowa. I might not play that. Michigan, I probably will be on at some point in time. Um, But let me get to the bet that I mean to talk about, which is Florida and Georgia. Two games I'll talk about in the 3.30 window. Three games I'll talk about in the 3.30 window. 
Don't worry, Steve. I'll be quick. Alabama's off this week, so we don't have to play Alabama first half. Georgia, Florida. Georgia's minus 14. I lean to Georgia. I think Florida's not good. Georgia's good. This is not at Florida, quote-unquote. Game's being played in Jacksonville, so it's a neutral field. Total's 51, though. That means the Florida team total is 18 and a half. Nobody has scored 18 points, 19 points or more on Georgia. Um, They're still holding their opponents to well in single digits. Um, They shut out Arkansas, Auburn under. Kentucky, first team to get over their team total and cover against Georgia this season. Got a meaningless touchdown to lose by 17 at the buzzer of that game two weeks ago. Georgia coming off by. So I think Georgia's going to stop Florida. I don't think Florida's going to get to over 18 and a half points in this game. That'll probably be something that I'm on. Um, so Michigan and Florida under team total are two things that I will bet. Other two things I'm considering betting. Oklahoma just doesn't have it. Even you looked into betting on this game, Steve, when you saw Oklahoma getting dominated on the road at Kansas, 10 nothing at halftime. How embarrassing. Right. They still score 35 in the second half and come back. Cover my second half play, cover my live play for me. But still, gross. I don't know. This team's going to trip up eventually. It's They're not going to lose at home to Texas Tech. But getting 19, 20 points, this Oklahoma team right now, I don't know. Texas Tech fired its coach. They're five and three. Their win total was five. They got to their they, – they pushed their win total in seven weeks and fired their coach in his third <laughs> season. I don't get the – like, what expectations did they have? Your win total is five. You're five and two. You go to five and three and you fire your coach by a one-point road loss at Kansas State, and that justifies firing your coach. I don't know. But I think they'll rally. I don't think Oklahoma's good. So I'm looking to take 19 or 20 in that game with Texas Tech. Clemson's been the team that we've bet against every week. They're nine-and-a-half-point home favorites against Florida State. They're four and three straight up, 0-7 against the spread. Clemson's going to win this game, but this is a this is one probably looking at the totals because I'm not betting on Florida State. Um, this status from Ralph Michaels at wager talk. If you have bet against Clemson full game, first half and first quarter and bet the unders on Clemson games, full game, first half, first quarter. So that's six bets per game. You are 32, three and three on the season. That's pretty good. So you take Clemson's opponent, first quarter, first half, full game. You take the under, first quarter, first half, full game. You're 32-3-3. and I wish I'd caught on to this early, and I'm not doing it this week. (laughs) But 47 and a half is a little high for any Clemson game. They just shut down their opponent, and they're terrible offensively. So under 47 and a half in Clemson is a lean. Um, That's plenty of talking for me. So after two games of the World Series tied one-to-one, maybe you can talk a little bit about that. I will give one type of play that I've had interest on. I haven't been putting them out on Twitter. It's just been a thing for fun and I've been doing it each game and I lost it on Wednesday night for the first time in a long time. I'll, I'll give that after you talk about the series a little bit. You, you lost this particular bet. I lost a bet last night that I had won like seven or eight in a row or gone like seven and one in. It's definitely not no runs for a setting because that's been happening fairly often. No. I don't think you're going to get it. Okay. Um, anyway, so I mean, this this. Uh, Think about it as you talk about the series, and then I'll give it out at the end. I'm I'm thinking. So this okay. uh, se- the series line on this is basically uh, back to where it started with the Astros evening up the series uh, last night. 
you know, the biggest thing now is, you know, the Braves have lost Charlie Morton, who uh, broke his leg during the game, still pitched, still struck out Jose Altuve with a broken leg. Uh, who's actually one of the toughest batters to strike out in all of baseball to begin with, but they just lost, you know, basically one of their best pitchers. So, you know, how much is that really going to affect the Braves at this point who are plus 125 to still win the series uh, Astros at minus 145 to win this one. I still like the Braves to win this, obviously not as much as before, but you know, like I said, I mean, the Astros had opened up to win the series at minus one fifty originally, um, so it really hasn't changed much here. I still like this series to go six games. I still think that's in play here too as well. But the under six and a half right now is at minus one eighty for the series total games. Um, but this is a very, very even series, and I, I, I like what uh, what both teams have been doing in this one. The the Braves have been getting out to some really quick starts getting into that bullpen early. That is going to be the difference maker in this series. If the Braves can keep getting those starters out early, that's what they did with Valdez in the first game. And then they just kind of really piled on after that. But yeah, this, this series is really back to where it was before game one started. And uh, my feelings, even though they lost Morton, that's a big loss. Um, I still think the Braves can eke one out. Wow. I kind of thought I was kind of happy the Braves got game one with Morton and thought that I thought the Braves had a decent chance in game two. So I was kind of hoping the Braves won game two and then take a look at Astros series line yeah. because Morton was going to make two more starts or one more start and two more bullpen appearances and right. say that his loss would kind of get things the perfect storm for the Astros to come back again like they did against the Red Sox. So I was hoping for like some plus 250 Astros or something, even though I'm rooting personally for the Braves just because I don't like the Astros very much. Um but yeah, I got nothing uh, because Houston won that game pretty easily. So basically, um, this guy is not up in the player prop section right now. But the Houston catcher, Maldonado, right? That's his yeah. name. Yeah, dude doesn't hit. I at know. All. Right. Right. So I've been taking not every game. I've forgotten some because I haven't been on baseball. But like over the last ten games, I have like seven bets of either him under one and a half total bases or under 0.5 hits he doesn't he has three hits in the playoffs what are, what are the odds on that it's got to be over two uh, minus 200 i've been laying i've been laying between minus 160 and minus 220 so i won every single bet i had made i was like six and oh in the bet i laid minus 120 for a half unit to not get a hit and minus yeah. 220 for under one and a half um, hits, runs, RBI combo type of deal last night on the Wednesday night um, game two of the World Series. And of course, he's two for 31 in the playoffs entering the at bat, rips an RBI single, comes around and scores, does everything. So I lost a minus 160 and a minus 220 on Maldonado props in game two, but I was perfect, six and oh or seven and oh just laying heavy juice on his unders before then he goes oh for every game pull up his game law it's just oh no zero. i know I, I i'm with you i know totally when i brought his name up you thought i was going to overs that's so, why i was like what what are you talking about right so think about it if it's a guy that yeah. doesn't do anything why would you ever bet it's over lay the juice yeah. on the unders i'm gonna do it again i'm gonna do it for the rest of the series because he doesn't get hits he burned me the other night if he burns me twice in a row i'm gonna be pissed <laughs> 
Uh, just quick uh, update on the World Series MVP. Michael Brantley is leading the way right now, plus 550 on him. It's been phenomenal so far on the two games. Five for nine, two doubles in RBI, batting 556. Up next uh, is Jose Altuve, who you know really hasn't made a lot of noise thus far, but does have that home run, uh, that solo home run he hit back in game uh, one. I think it was only batting 200, though little high price on him at seven to one. But again, you know, we're only talking about two games right now that we can consider. Um, I'm still under the impression that you're getting a really good number on Austin Riley at 17 to one. Obviously we know the talent that he has can be obviously a real difference maker hits in the uh, heart of that Braves lineup too, as well. So one big game for him, if he has like a big game three or whatnot, um, that would shift his odds dramatically, but somebody with some really good power hits in a favorable spot in the lineup, 17 to one, some really good numbers there on Austin Riley. If you're looking to maybe do uh, um, in series MVP bet, um, and What's then Jorge Soler Jorge's, right now, I don't have it up. I was just going to bring him up. Jorge Soler, 16 to one right now, had that huge home run in game one um, that uh, really kind of sparked things for the Braves. I was looking at playing his player prop over two once I saw him leading off in the opposite hand matchup, and I didn't wimped out on that dumb. Um, but I, I don't know if you saw my tweet because everyone has been asking me who I think will win World Series MVP since I famously hit Steve Pierce plus 3,000 in 2018. My phone will not stop vibrating. Who will win World Series MVP, Julian? This is your wheelhouse. Um, so I gave out two sprinkles. It was it was Jock Peterson plus 3,000 and Jorge Soler plus 3,500. So I'm pulling Honestly, for Soler. I mean, he's, he's more than cut that in half now. He had a huge first inning at bat last night with two men on. Did. Could have hit a three-run homer to get up 3 nothing. I, I That's like the only part of the game I watched. And Maldonado screwing me. Um, so, yeah, I... I I want him to hit a home run there. Braves go up two nothing. He has puts the first runs on the board in every game. And I just yeah. do it again. Do yep. what I'm known for. No, that oh, please. Well, you know, once Robbie Ray at 80 to one hits, you will no longer be able to run that title of massive uh, baseball props. Okay? You, so you have it at plus 8,000. Yes. Okay. I'm just getting the number right. So now I have to make sure that I hit something next year at better than plus 8,000 to take my belt back. The bar is too should high. Should be easy. Friend. It should yeah, be. Yeah, the bar is too high on that, sir. So that that is passed. Um, okay, uh, real quick, want to just let everybody know what's going on next week, and then we'll uh, we'll skedaddle on out of here. So, well, let me give, let me talk NBA real quick. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yep. <clears throat> and then we'll pitch what we got going on. Um, today is Thursday, October twenty eighth, as we record. Um, the Knicks, I believe, are even money on the money line in Chicago against the Bulls. Plus 105, even better. Knicks plus 105 money line. No NBA Best Bets article for me today, so I'm giving it here. Knicks plus 105 money line in Chicago against the Bulls. If you followed my content, you know that I've bet the Bulls three or so times this year. They're 4-0 and um, and 4-0 against the spread. However, those wins have been two over the Detroit Pistons, who are not very good, one over the New Orleans Pelicans, who stink, and one over the Toronto Raptors that got a little dicey. Raptors are meh. Zach Levine, torn ligament, uh, torn ligament in his left thumb. Non-shooting hand, but he's got to play through the pain. Um, meanwhile, the Knicks have beat the Celtics in double overtime. They've handled the Sixers. These are all home games, but the yep. Knicks are playing well. 
Um, I think they're more tested. I think they're going to go on the road and win this kind of pickup game that we're getting some plus money in on Thursday night. On Friday, we have a Heat team that's a little undervalued, been playing really well, hosting a Hornets team that's a little overvalued, four and one, four and one against the spread on the Hornets. I think this spread will probably be a little too close in Miami. You can, again, we haven't seen numbers on these. I just have the price for Thursday night, but Friday night, you can interest me in the heat is an early lean that I'll give out Kings at Pelicans on Friday Pelicans. They covered at home against the Hawks um, on Wednesday night, but the Kings have outright wins over the Suns, the Blazers. They're a little undervalued. If the Kings are dogs in that game, I will take them. Um, And finally, Saturday, I always love playing a team when you go back to back a home and home Celtics brutal coming off that exciting overtime win on Monday, lose at home Wednesday, let down spot to the wizards. Now that they have two full days off and go for a Saturday, early afternoon, early evening game in Washington against the wizards. I like the Celtics on the road there on Saturday. I think I have one more spot circle, one more spot circle. This gets you through Saturday with everything on my mind for NBA that I'm looking out for Saturday night. Thunder at Warriors. I played Warriors first half against the Thunder on the road on Tuesday night. They got smoked. They were down 11 at halftime. That bet lost. But I doubled down, put more on them to win the game at plus money. They did so. So now the Warriors have all the momentum in that matchup. This one's in Golden State. I think Golden State first half again. I'm going to go right back to that play on Saturday night. Hosting the Thunder. There's your NBA uh, minute, maybe more than a minute, your NBA corner. Um giving you a play for Thursday night and the considerations for Friday and Saturday in the NBA. What a guy, what a fella. And he's homeless to boot. Um, so yeah, next homeless week, guy we, giving away free winners. How about that? Right. How does that work out? So next week we uh, both Julian and I will be in New Jersey for the DraftKings national sports betting championship. We will actually be recording an episode of the Unreasonable Odds podcast on location as the event goes on. So be sure to uh, get in on that. Rumor has it that Johnny Avella will also be joining us in person for that show. Hopefully we can lock yep. him down. He's a very busy man. So if you can't make it, I totally understand because that man has a billion hope, things to do. We hope uh, to have We're hoping. So uh, uh, fingers crossed on that. Uh, but stay tuned for that next week. We told you about the giveaway. So make sure to go to both of our Twitter pages at Julian Edlow at SPCannon24. If you can get in before Friday afternoon, uh, you have a shot at getting a free Millie Maker ticket this week. Win a million dollars on us. Not too bad. Uh, maybe give some to Julian if you do win because he desperately needs some money at this point. Uh, and then, of course, follow us on Twitter at UnreasonableOdd. That's where you can get all the latest on the podcast, giveaways, such and such. See our handsome faces. There's nothing more than you need than that. So that is going to wrap it up for this week. What were you calling this okay. event in New Jersey? What were you calling this event? Sports betting national championship. Is that not the proper title? <laughs> Samir's chiming in. I don't think you were calling it that, but now suddenly you've got it. You've gotten it correct, I believe. Sports well, betting you know national what? championship. SBNC. Yeah. Yep. Presented by DraftKings. Put it this way: whatever I called it, there's sports betting happening. It's a national championship. Take it as you will. That's what's going to be happening in there. I don't care if you don't like it. That's just too bad. All right. So next week. That is going to do- next week. We will see you on Monday. And then we'll see you again on Friday on uh, on site at the Sports Betting National Championship. On site. That's right. Because we will that's be traveling. Next week's schedule. We will not be doing it from the plane. Um, okay. That is going to do it for this edition of the show. The week eight edition of the Unreasonable Odd podcast for Julian Edlow. I am Steve Buchanan. We will talk to you on Monday.